The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Gail Alexander. Gail has been called many names over the years, clairvoyant, seer, medium, multidimensional artist, teacher, author, and a no-nonsense intuitive. The language of the universe is symbols, and Gail translates this language into a mandala using the principles of sacred geometry, unconditional love, and light. Each service Gail provides is filled with love and compassion to aid one in learning to trust your inner voice, higher self, or intuition as you gain awareness and evolve on your own journey. Gail, I am just so thrilled to have you on the show with me today. Thank you so much for being here. It is my pleasure to be here today. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm really excited to get into the amazing things that you're doing these days and to talk about how you came to be the no-nonsense intuitive. I'm really excited to dive into that. Uh, But before we do, and perhaps it's part of the story, we'll see. What are all the amazing things that you're doing these days? Oh, well, I'm an author. I've written several books. Uh, I create energy portals or mandalas, whatever you would like to call them. The no-nonsense intuitive. Uh, The reason that came through is because I get information so fast. It's like no holds barred. Whatever comes through, comes through. I don't filter. And it always just comes through really, really quickly. I'm a coach, energy worker, light worker. You name it, I've probably taken a class in it. Oh, that's so wonderful. So many amazing things. Okay, there are a couple topics I do want to kind of get into. Uh, Let's start with the mandalas since you brought that up first. First of all, would you mind explaining what those are for those who maybe don't know? Uh, Mandala is a Sanskrit word meaning wheel or circle. And if anyone's ever studied like Jung, that it's kind of the doorway to the portals of our soul. Mandalas are coded with knowledge for our unconscious that helps guide us. Even there's so much mandalas in nature, like when you cut a cabbage, there's a pattern in that. And so everything is related. It's all based on the principles of sacred geometry. And I've seen on your your Facebook page, the No Nonsense Intuitive Facebook page, you've got some gorgeous mandalas on there. How do you create those? So I just start with a piece of blank paper And then I just add, I trace things. I have lots of stencils, but I don't have any preconceived notion of what it's going to look like. I'll just start in the middle and work my way out till my spirit team tells me I'm done. And then I sometimes will pick the colors ahead of time and they'll say, no, those aren't the colors it's going to be. So (laughs) I have very little say a lot of times as to what the final product. And then When I back away sometimes after drawing, and I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So 
not sure how much I'm really involved in it or my ego's involved in it. Usually they're pretty channeled. That's wonderful. So not only is it a beautiful piece and speaks to the people who are looking at these completed mandalas, but tell us about what the process is, what you go through when you create these. Well, it's really funny because I've created some when I've had migraines and people are like, how can you sit down and draw? Because I said, I go into an altered state. So I actually am pain free while I'm drawing it. And then the headache will come back usually afterwards. So that's always interesting. And I've asked how the energy gets coded into the pictures and they won't tell me. Oh. <laughs> no matter how many times it's copied, the same energy is still in the picture. They won't tell me how that happens because they oftentimes say, I won't understand. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> it must be mind blowing, whatever it is. <laughs> oh, see, now I'm so curious to know what that answer is. Darn. Uh, <laughs> that whoever I'm channeling, like when Cryon speaks, the energy is always in the talk, no matter what time you listen to the talk or how many years later. I think the mandalas are pretty similar. It's coded in there for whenever you need it. And who or what is Cryon? Uh, Cryon is a magnetic being, uh, force, I'm trying to think of what his actual title is, uh, Lee Carroll channels Cryon, many books, uh, magnetic forces that work on the planetary grids and kind of watch humanity and where humanity's going. Is Cryon, is that the same entity that's uh, discussed a lot in astrology? Don't think so. Is this more of a Lemurian Probably. entity? Okay. Okay. Because I feel like I've heard of Cryon, but I get confused. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a, someone, another entity called Chiron. Yeah. <laughs> so I do, I do get a little confused. So, okay, great. Got it. And you had mentioned something else at the beginning that I really want to dive into because I okay. think that it's fascinating. The whole reason behind your no-nonsense intuitive name, the fact that the information comes so quickly that there's no time to filter anything. How did that start? Like that whole, when did you know that that was what you were doing? The whole process of that. Can you, can you take us sure. back to the beginning? When I was little, I was very, very psychic. And then like many kids who grew up who are really psychic, it gets turned off for various reasons based on comments. So the famous story is I told my mother had a stillborn and I came home from school and said, why do you keep telling me the baby's in the hospital? The baby's already died and is with God. And then I told them my grandfather was going to have a massive coronary two weeks later and die. And of course, then he did. So then I didn't talk for years because I wasn't allowed to answer any questions. Oh, and then thing. it started to come back in grad school that that grandfather who died, I was doing my internship. And he was sitting across the room from me. I was like five when he died. So I never really remembered what he, what he looked like. But he was literally sitting across the room from me. And my other grandfather was having a heart attack that day. Wow. So that's when it started to come back again. And then um, I've taken many classes, many energy classes, Akashic Record classes. Um, but I think I'm always just in the Akashic Records. So I think that's where a lot of my information comes from. And it just drops in. Like if someone asks me a question, I don't think I'll just answer it. I just know I'm going to have the information. Oh, that's that's nice. <laughs> it takes the pressure off of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so is this like 
done in like a session? Is it just like a friend asking you for advice? How does it happen? uh, Okay. I do readings for people and I'm also a medium so I can connect with people who crossed over as well. Um, So I also do coaching and I also do some healing work. So I kind of do a lot of different things. Got it. And it's all sort of interconnected, isn't it? It is. Where the information comes from and how we give it. So you had mentioned grad school. What were you in grad school for? Uh, I have a master's in counseling. Oh, lovely. I've been a therapist for 30 years. (laughs) Okay, got it. I mean, I feel like that can work, go together. (laughs) Really easy because I knew what the patients were all going to say before they said it. So, you know, being psychic and being a (laughs) really kind of easy. And I'm like, you sure you want to do that? That's not going to have the best outcome. So did you work in a, I mean, I, the only way I can think of it is a non-spiritual setting. Oh yes. I worked in a okay. hospital. Oh, okay. Years. That was really interesting. Wasn't allowed to talk about anything. Then I worked. Wow. With, um, I've never, I've kind of kept my lives very separate. You know, so I was a counselor and, you know, some of the people I worked with knew, but most of the people didn't. And um, now I'm trying to bring everything together. I'm not really doing as much counseling anymore. I'm more on the administrative end, so it's easier to balance everything now. Oh, got it. So you're still working that job just in a slightly different role. Actually, very similar to myself. Um Believe it or not, I I still work as a nurse, but I have more of an administrative role now. So I can really I can relate I'm to that. Behind the scenes. Separate. Yes, right. I don't mind that myself either. Do you like being behind the scenes? Um, yes, it's a lot less energy. Like when I was counseling, everyone always wanted to know why my groups were so different. Like, why did everyone always talk about their trauma in my groups? I'm like, because I put pillars of white light in the middle of the room. And everyone felt safe. I mean, I didn't say that, but that's what was really going but on. But you knew. I energetically made it a safe space for everyone to talk about what they needed to talk about. What did it look like when you, you're you doing your, your counseling job and then you decided to maybe do more of the spiritual mediumship work, whatever you want to call it? How did that transition look like for you? Well, I would be what you would call a reluctant mystic. I like that. (laughs) I have a lot of gifts and a lot of abilities, and I've never really wanted to put myself out there. So I have friends who are like, now now you need to do this, or now you need to do this. Like people made me start to do readings. I just wanted to draw pictures. I've had very interesting experiences doing healings. Um, Are you familiar with John of God from the Casa in Brazil? I don't think it exists I am anymore, not. I am not. They used to that? do a lot of psychic surgeries, and my first teacher was trained in that. So she would have healing Sundays, and I would end up doing all these psychic surgeries. I'm like, how do I know how to do all this stuff? I feel really like I have heard of that before. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. So can you explain that? what that process, what that would look like from your perspective, the patient's perspective, the whole thing? <laughs> Well, mostly like when we did it, I mean, like there were people in the room who held space and then someone would lay down on the massage table and there would be an intention. And then basically it's just putting hands on people or above people and removing things or taking things out or rebalancing things a little bit. 
But the most interesting experience is I had a friend who had a brain tumor. And there were five of us who knew how to open the Akashic Records. So we put her in the middle of the room and then we all opened the records. And I kept saying, I don't want to be the one to do the healing. I don't want to be the one to do the healing. It's somebody else's turn. All of a sudden, I hear come out of my mouth, may I approach your head? (laughs) And then they froze me. And so they dropped my body temperature like 20 degrees. And then they froze the tumor. Oh my goodness. And when you say they, you just mean entities on the other side. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Got it. Um, That's amazing. And so what's the outcome of her tumor? Oh, um, when she went in, they still did radiation and stuff, but it was already gone. Oh and my goodness. she's fine. I mean, she there's never had a recurrence. It's been over 10 years. Wow. So did she have to believe in it too for it to work? She did. Well, what happens is anybody can have a healing, but if you don't believe in it, it doesn't stay because ah. your mindset and your negative beliefs and everything comes back, which is what causes it to come back. But in moments, it does disappear. It just depends what people's thought process is. Got it. Okay. And could that be done remotely? Yes. There's no such thing as space and time. So yes, everything can there be you done go. remotely. I do this thing and I don't really publicize it where I put people in DNA healing cocoons while they're sleeping. And um, everyone said, God, I slept great last night. <laughs> oh, I love it. You're like one of those silent healers. <laughs> Pretty much. I've got yeah. your back. I've got your back. Oh, how lovely is that? Is that something that people could do for themselves if they need some help sleeping well? Um, You know, I don't know exactly. I mean, I know what I do before I go to sleep, but I don't know what I'm then doing while I'm sleeping to facilitate all of it. Fair enough. (laughs) Sometimes that's like the best state to be in too, right? Because we're out of our own way when we're in that sleep state. I tell my my clients, the ones Mm -hmm. that I do energy healings for, Mm -hmm. I tell them, if you fall asleep, even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, who on the other side would you say you work with? Maybe That's the most? A or great question. Uh, it's changing recently, um, but most of the time, which I always thought was funny. So I actually finally sat down and wrote the book called Jew- Jesus and the Jewish Girl. Okay. I have to share with you after this. Okay, go ahead. When I went to my opening to intuition course, the first two guides that came in while I was there was Mother Mary and Jesus, which I thought was really interesting growing up Jewish. Um, Work a lot with Metatron, a lot of the ascended masters, a lot of angels come in. I do a lot of healing work with Raphael. Michael's around a lot, uh, but mostly Jesus and Metatron, I would say, are probably my main guides. And then lately, I've been working a lot with the Hindu Indian deities. I love it. Just open to all of it, right? Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Um, I love that you mentioned Jesus and the Jewish girl. Is that what you said? Uh, so I don't know if you know this about me. I grew up in a Jewish and Christian mm-hmm. household, being half Korean, half mm-hmm. Caucasian. So Ashkenazi Jew. Mm. And uh, Jesus visited me in a dream when I was a teenager, when I was figuring out if I felt more Christian or more (laughs) Jewish. And so he's been um, a big part of my life, too, Mm. uh, despite not really sort of 
identifying with one or the other more strongly. I just feel like we're all love and that's what it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And we're here to spread the, spread the word of love. So I love working with all sorts of entities as well. But when you, when you said that, <laughs> I was like, oh, I can feel that in my soul. Like I, that I feel so much like I can relate to that. How wonderful. I believe my exact comment to the teacher when it happened is, what's a Jewish girl doing seeing Jesus? <laughs> I know, right? We got to ask Jesus that question. <laughs> he just laughs. His favorite thing. And what most people don't realize is that Jesus is a little different than how he's depicted. And he has this amazing sense of humor. So in the movie Dogma, they refer to him and they always go, buddy Christ. And so... Like when he's around, I'll do that. And he just laughs and laughs. laughs. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So how do you, how do you work with, with Jesus? And you said Mary, right? Mother Mary, how do you work with them? And um, what does that look like? So I don't know how much I actually work with them is depending on who I'm working with, just different spirits or entities or loved ones will come in and start downloading information for me to give to them. Or if there's a specific healing that somebody needs to have, then sometimes they'll channel that. I'll never forget during Healing Sundays, because I was pretty naive in all of it, I said to the teacher, Jesus told me we should give everybody absolution today, and she just went bananas. (laughs) She's like, we can't do that. Everybody's telling me it'll be okay. So, um... (laughs) I know you had mentioned being a reluctant mystic mm-hmm. and you, you've been, you know, doing work as a counselor and probably just going about your everyday life, trying to be as comfortable and, and feeling as complete as possible. What was that? What was that like when, when it was time to take that leap, no matter how reluctantly to put yourself out there and start to offer these things for other people and offer your yourself? I think for me, it was pretty gradual. What's been so since I took the opening to intuition course that unlocked everything is about 20 years ago now. So just slowly, I started with the mandalas, and then I started with readings, and I started with some healing work, and I took a bunch of classes. So I felt better having initials after my name saying I was trained in all kinds of healing modalities. And I used to annoy teachers a lot. They'd be like, why are you in this class? You already know how to do it. It would make them very uncomfortable. Oh, I'm really? like, on some level, I might not, I might know how to do it on a conscious level. I don't remember. I love it. Yeah. You're like, they're like, they're, they're telling you, you could teach this course. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's wonderful. It's because you're so in tune. Uh, so, uh, you know, intuitive is in part of that title. What is intuition to you? I think one, everybody has intuition. Some people will be like, the phone rings and you know who it is before you answer it. That's intuition. You're on the highway and you hear, get off here. That's intuition. It's about learning to trust it. I refer to it as our internal GPS system, that we all have one, but we all need to learn to follow it for ourselves. The answers aren't going to come from outside. They're going to come from inside. How did you learn to follow it? For yourself? That's a really great question. I'm not always the best at following it for myself. I, I'm one of those people I'd be on the highway and I'd hear get off here. I'm like, no, it doesn't look so bad. I'm going to go this way. Traffic <laughs> for an hour. I think that's pretty common. <laughs> <laughs> My experience though is the more that you start to listen to that, the more messages they give you 
And the more that you just know that you're going to be okay, because at this point now, I pretty much follow everything. I don't drag my feet as much as I used to, because I can either keep getting smacked with the two by four, or I can learn the lesson and finally move on. So that's my choice. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the first time I've heard that two by four brought up in an interview. (laughs) It does happen. It's so true. It's like when the light, when life goes through this downward spiral uh, and things seem to get worse and worse. That's that, that's that two by four that you got to get back on track. Who or what do you think is on the other side of that intuition? I think that the universe has a lot of answers for us. And um, I think that we don't know very much as human beings because our, our minds, you know, we're in a very narrow bandwidth like the way that I always explain it to people is like for people who may not be familiar it's now called DID but it used to be called multiple personality disorder in the psychology world one personality could have diabetes and one personality could be completely healthy what part of their brains are we are they using that the rest of us aren't if they if their whole physiology and biology can switch And then there's the people who were told that they had a terminal illness who died. And then they were like, oops, my mistake. They were perfectly healthy. How did they, you know, so what part of their brain are they using? So, I mean, I think there's just so much more that we don't understand. Oh, absolutely. Which brings me to um, a question. I would say that um, being a counselor and you know, dealing with those sort those types of psychiatric diagnoses mm-hmm. and things, there is a there's a large science component to your to that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what is your opinion? Being in uh, having a foot in there and having a foot in the spiritual world, uh, the connection between the two. Well, the interesting thing is, I knew when I was having my psychotic break, and I knew what was happening because you almost have to in order to work, walk in both worlds. You can't not and still walk in this world there are people who are truly psychotic and need medicine and their brain is unbalanced but there's also people who are spiritual and have had that experience for that break to walk on both sides most people would say i'm very grounded i'm very down to earth like you would if you just met me you would never know how much information i really get on a daily basis do you believe that science will catch up to what we know already exists that people can't see yeah well i always think about the start one of the star trek movies where they had to go back to save the whales because they held all the answers but in that movie one of the crew gets taken to a hospital and they're going to cut his brain open and the doctor walks in and is like what are you barbarians you know, and I think that the wave of the future, and we're starting to see that now, is sound frequency and vibration can really do a lot to help heal people. Yeah, it is going to take some some time, though, don't you think? I think that my opinion is there's still a lot of ego in mm-hmm. the science world, right? Especially with the uh, PhDs, the mm-hmm. ones that are doing the research, the ones that are presenting in the in their scientific journals, and because uh, of disproving perhaps a lot of what they spent their life's research on. So there's there are some hurdles that we still need to get through. Um, but uh, I believe I shared this, this in another interview, but it was really interesting. I did a reading for somebody and uh, I was told that part of her, her purpose of being here right now is to 
help those who are more of the scientific thinking uh, to be more, I don't know if it's so much open, but perhaps open to the possibility of there being more than what we can see. So really trying to connect the science mm-hmm. aspect with the uh, the spirit um, aspect and, and what we, you know, everything that we can't see. So it's coming. It's mm-hmm. happening. Uh, there's definitely uh, more people, I think, coming with that purpose, that light work, uh, whatever you want to call it, but to really sort of sway the 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 next group of people who might be hard harder to sway so that's their work and good luck with to them and thank goodness for them because uh you know i i enjoy working with the people who already are open to this and ready to learn i think about like dr joe dispenza and bruce lipton who are doing a lot of and greg braden who are doing a lot of that work Absolutely right. They've got that doctor, they've got that MD with them and uh, with their name. And I think that's definitely the the wave, the, the direction that we do need to go. Because like you said, it's, I mean, people are doing surgery psychically, like how <laughs> you can't blend it any more than that. That's amazing. That really is amazing. You know, I, I'm very glad that I wasn't really aware back then of everything that I was doing. Like I was, you know, just in the, all the energy all the time. So when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, I did that. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I have heard of medical intuitives, uh, but would you say that that's different from a medical intuitive who kind of scans and lets you know what might be wrong? Or? I can do some of that too. Carolyn Mace, of course, is the famous one to do uh, that. But yeah, okay. I mean, energetically, it's just about being able to look into someone's energy field because all disease happens outside the physical body first. So it's all in the energy field. And if you don't pay attention to those things, then it manifests physically and makes you have to deal with it. That's why energy work is so important. And I think we're learning that more as well. That's amazing. Okay. Well, I'll have to get her name again and uh, look up some of her work. Uh, I find that very fascinating. Carolyn Mace, she's kind of world famous for that. She's written tons and tons of books. The the one that explains it probably is like the anatomy of the spirit where she goes through the chakras and everything. And she worked with a medical doctor who would call her in on cases. And I used to have that at the hospital when I was there. I had um, some friends who did psychological testing. And um, I would go, well, it's right here in the brain. This is the part that's not working properly. And she'd be like, oh, my God, that's what the test showed. Oh, I love what that's validation. I love it. And right. And when you get validation, it just helps you to confirm you're on the right track. You're Mm -hmm. picking up the information the right way. And you can continue on with with how, how it's coming to you. That's wonderful. Uh, so the Akashic Records, I yes. want to talk about the Akashic Records uh, because for our human finite brains, especially for maybe listeners who are new to all of this, mm-hmm. how can you, how would you explain what the Akashic Records are? The Akash, well, it depends on your belief system, first of all, but if you believe that there's past and future lives, then the Akashic Records is the place that holds your books of life for everything that's ever happened in every lifetime or everything that will happen in every lifetime. And when you have an Akashic Record reading, they can't interfere with free will. So like if you ask a question, when am I getting a new job? They can't answer that. They can say there's something coming or things like that. Because if they give you an exact date, that interferes with your free will of what might happen. That makes a lot of sense with uh, the readings that I'll do for people mm-hmm. when they ask questions like that. And I'll tell them, well, 
this might not be the answer you're looking for, mm-hmm. but if you did this, it, you, you know, it'd be fine. If you did this, it'd also be fine, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I do, but I do like to tell them with about the free will. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe explain, because I think some people uh, may have this preconceived notion of those who give uh, premonitions or maybe prophetic readings. Maybe explain what is our understanding I feel like has changed mm-hmm. um, from back then to actually how much freedom we do have to change the course and have we have in choices we make in our life. Would you mind explaining that a little bit from your perspective? Sure. I think that we all, again, depending on what you believe before you come back, we all create kind of list of things we want to do in this lifetime to help our soul evolve. With that said, there's not one way to get there. There can be six different choices for each decision you have to make. So that's where the free will comes in. There's not necessarily wrong choices. It's just going to take you down different paths where you're going to learn different things. And so the example I used to give is like when someone buys a new car, they have it down between two and then they finally pick the one car and they drive it out of the showroom. And then that's the only car that they see on the road. And it's like, I picked the wrong one. I'm like, but if you had picked the other car, that would have been the only car that you saw because that's what you're focusing on. So what we focus on influences what's around us. I like to think about life like a hollow deck from Star Trek, where we just create everything and we're all in this vision together. What kind of world do we really want to create? What do we want to have in it? You know, and everyone's still going, you know, struggling with COVID and everything that's happening. And COVID, horrible disease, but also feeds on fear. So the more people are afraid, the more it's going to stay in our consciousness and continue to evolve and change. And just to complicate things further, when you mentioned that we have, you know, just as an example, six choices, well, those choices can also be affected by the people affected by those choices Mm -hmm. and so on. It's like this exponential web of different choices affecting different choices. I mean, it's almost hard for my brain to even grasp what I'm saying, (laughs) but that's just how complicated it can be. And we tend to, like, have you ever met someone and you're like, oh, my God, I feel like I've known you before. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's a past life thing. We travel in the same soul group. And this really freaks people out is that we've had different relationships with the people in different forms. You may have been husband and wife in one lifetime, and now you're brother and sister. And everyone's like, But, I mean, it's true because you keep learning the lessons with the same people. They're the people in your soul group that you've agreed to keep coming back with and learning this stuff with. So, I mean, I think maybe some people might be able to see that um, if they feel like they're mothering their mother Mm -hmm. or (laughs) or something like that. Um, You know, I know for me, having that knowledge now of of reincarnation Mm and past lives and changing roles, I do look at relationships very very differently. You know, going back to the whole talk of the the web and and uh, how everybody's so connected, what are your thoughts on synchronicities? I think synchronicity happens when you're open and in your intuition. Life is more like uh, ebb and flow. And so when you're really in sync with yourself and what your path is, then you're going to see a lot of synchronicities. So for me in my life, I'll answer it this way. When things go really easily for me, I know I'm completely in sync. When I'm pushing things too hard or they seem to be falling further away, then I know that that's not something I'm supposed to do. 
So again, it comes back to learning to trust yourself and trust some of the messages that you get. That's a good way, I feel like, to simplify simplify Mm -hmm. it Um, because everybody's got that internal radar of, oh, like, I don't want to do this, but I feel like I have to versus, oh, I can't wait to do this. And we can really simplify it Mm -hmm. that much. It could even be, (laughs) let me know what you think, um, as simple as, I really want chocolate ice cream versus vanilla ice cream. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way to kind of start testing that internal intuitive radar, as silly as that may sound. I always say start small. Start with questions like you that you already know the kind of know the answers to and then see what guidance you get. Yeah, that's a great way to to do it to get some validation. So uh, I am curious, Gail, to help wrap up our interview. is there a message that you might be getting now for the collective, a timeless reading for whoever listens to this, whenever they do, what message they're intended to hear? I think the thing that usually that always comes through is that we're one race, the human race. If you see the earth from space, it's one world. We've divided it into lots of different things, but it's one world. And that the most important thing is to be authentic and to use your voice and to trust yourself as scary as that is for people, because that's really what's going to help everyone is everyone on the planet being who they're supposed to be and putting themselves out there as they're supposed to put themselves out there. So beautifully said. Thank you so much for that. And I do want to thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here today. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.